Praise the Lord. May God bless you and welcome to The Word Restores. This broadcast is sponsored by Restoration to Eternity with Christ Ministries and supporters like you. Our aim is to share with you what the Word of God is telling us about how we should live as victorious Christians. Listen, there's kingdom work to be done, but how can we do it if we are unprepared? We invite you to join us over the next hour. It is our prayer that you will be richly blessed as we pray with you, as we praise with you, and discuss topics of interest with our special guests. Let's get into today's broadcast. Amen. Amen, amen, and welcome to The Word Restores. That's right, this is The Word Restores. I am your guest host today, Mel Mills, and I am filling in for Dr. Elder Anne-Marie Jua, who will be on sabbatical for a few weeks and coming back with you all in January. So she sends her love and her well wishes, and you can keep up with her on Facebook uh, at the uh, Word Restores page, as well as uh, her page, Anne-Marie Jua, and you can keep up with her there. So we're... Uh, filling in for the rest of this month, and she'll be back in January, and, you know, it is uh, interesting, and, you know, she did post and talk about this a little bit, how important rest is, rest, 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 and there was a story that was making the social media rounds uh, this week, actually, some of you may be familiar with it, Reverend Howard John, Howard John Wesley, is uh, said to be stepping down and taking a sabbatical himself, uh, and one of the reasons why this story, this particular pastor and church, was kind of making the social media rounds is because he, in a recent message, said that he just felt distant from God, that he felt distant, and um, the article is very interesting. You can read that at churchleaders.com, and, you know, he just kind of talked about how he believes that, you know, busyness is one of the myths that we've brought in, bought into in thinking that, you know, busyness pleases God or that it is an act of worship. And so, um, you know, he kind of talks about how, you know, you go from uh, different stages going from exhausted to burnout and burnout being kind of, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. And he doesn't believe he's at burnout, but he's certainly at exhaustion. And I think it looks like here they just celebrated their 30th anniversary. So rest is important. It's important to take rest. Rest is not a sign of weakness. God ordained rest. On the seventh day, he, he, he rested. And we see all these rests and pauses and things of that nature throughout Scripture. And so uh, Dr. Jua, Elder Jua, she uh, kind of referenced that in uh, one of the reasons why she needs to take some rest. And so uh, we thank her and praise God for her. And so um, with that said, rest is also going to be on the subject that we're talking about today. Today we're going to talk about faith and fitness, faith and fitness, and specifically stewarding your body well. So that stewardship, the idea that stewardship is not just limited to finances, right? It's not just limited to time, but stewarding, being a good steward means being a good steward of all things, and that includes our body. And so we want to talk a little bit about today why good health is important to our faith. Why is health important to our faith, and and why does it matter to God? 
And I'm going to do my very best to not offend anyone today um, or anything like that. But we, you know, want to be candid. We want to be honest. And we want to, it's my hope that, you know, anytime we get to, I get to be on the broadcast and we get to present to you that we can always, uh, you know, do it with a, a, a lens of introspection and truth and to do it in a way that, uh, you know, provokes thought. And so, you know, we want to share some perspectives and talk about some things here today. And again, specifically, you know, why good health is important to our faith and why does it matter to God? Why being a good steward means that uh, we also have to be stewards of our health, of our bodies, our minds, certainly our souls. And I believe, you know, as I put some thought to this, and uh, this was by no means any attempt to kind of you know, uh, holistically deal with this issue of faith and health. And I think we could probably have an entire podcast dedicated to this subject alone, not episode, but I mean as in a podcast channel. Uh, So it's certainly worthy of more discussion. And uh, we're going to just kind of title this part one. So there'll be a part two and three because there's a lot to talk about here. But stewarding, being a good steward means just being a good steward of everything, including our health, and our bodies and our mind. And as I was putting some thought to this, um, you know, I thought about how, you know, God wants us to enjoy the good things, right? He wants us to enjoy all the things that he created. The earth is the fullness of the Lord and thereof and uh, and all the things in in it. And uh, I don't, I push back against the notion that, um, uh, you know, we just can't enjoy good things. And in this case, particularly food, But while God does want us to enjoy good things, he also wants us to, he doesn't want the good things to control us or to hurt us or to replace his place. And I think that's where we often get into trouble with food or any object or created thing really is that we go from this, hey, enjoying it to it controlling us or it hurting us or uh, putting it in the place of God. You know, I was reading something today about uh, there was a scripture that was kind of being expounded upon and said, well, you know, in effect, well, God doesn't want us to run to uh, to food, right, for our worries and concerns, that he wants us to run to him. And that's certainly true. Food is meant to be enjoyed, but again, it's never to uh, replace or place replace God's place. And so uh, as I was looking at scriptures that related to today's topic, uh, one of them that stood out was uh, Third John, Third John. Uh, and in here, he is writing to uh, uh, a friend, I believe it's uh, a gentleman that he, 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 he baptized, or at least led to the faith, um, and uh, his name is Gaius. And John writes here that, Uh, In his address to him, he says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically, just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. And so he says that to his opening letter. And, you know, they talk about some other things in here. But the the thing that stood out here is that, uh, well, he kind of marries the two, success and prosperity and physical health. And we see this throughout the Bible, where there's various examples about, uh, you know, health and fitness and and why it matters. Uh, Another scripture that kind of jumps in here is that uh, uh, Daniel, in the book of Daniel. So if you 
remember Daniel and the Hebrew boys. Um, that story begins with something like this. I'm going to read here chapter 8, oh, excuse me, verse 8, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. And it says, But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile, taint, or dishonor himself with the king's finest food or with the wine which he drank. And so he asked the commander of the officials that he might be excused so that he would not defile himself. And so basically what's happened here is that uh, Daniel and his uh, friends, they have been uh, taken into captivity. And while in captivity, um, you know, they're being fed, you know, a, a, a diet, right? They're being fed this diet, and they're being fed this diet for the purposes of uh, being presented to the king to look good, right? In other words, we don't want you getting up there looking all crazy and malnourished. You know, we want you to look, you know, healthy and whole. And so they start feeding him this diet, and he says, hey, uh, Daniel makes up his mind that he wouldn't be defiled with this food. And then he goes on to say, now God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of officials. And the commander of the officials said to Daniel, I am afraid of my lord, the king, who has arranged your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking more haggard than the young man uh, who are your own age? Then you would make me forfeit my head to the king. So Daniel kind of stops here and he says, hey, look, listen, um, if you feed me that, I'm not going to, you know, we're going to look bad. We're going to look like we're not being taken care of and in bad shape. And then the king's not going to be pleased with that. So Daniel then said to the overseer whom the commander of the officials had appointed uh, them, he said, please test your servants for 10 days and let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. And then let our appearance and the appearance of the young men who eat the king's finest food be observed and compared to you and deal with your servants, with your servants, it according to what you see. Okay, and so then the man listened to them in this matter and tested him for 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, it seemed like they were looking better and healthier than all of the young men who ate the king's finest food. And so the overseer continued to withhold their food and wine uh, that they were to drink and kept giving them vegetables. And so what is the point of all this? The point of all this is saying is not that, hey, you got to go on a Daniel fast or anything like that. You can if you want to. Uh, but the point of this is saying that it, it, it matters. Like we see a clear distinction here in Scripture of uh, healthy food and bad food and then the results of it, right? And so when they ate the bad food, everybody, and, this, and these are all young people, right? These are all teenagers and stuff like that. And so their health, their appearance was looking bad, right, because they were eating this food that was not healthy for them. And so Daniel says, well, hey, we don't want to look like that, and so we're going to eat this. And their appearance just totally outdid everyone else. And so here is a, uh, you know, it's not directly talking about fitness, but uh, it is, right, because it's about health uh, and the food that we put into our bodies. And so uh, we're going to get into a discussion here with our guest and um, a couple things, you know, so from that scripture, as we kind of set the framework for this conversation today, I think we have to be very careful with how we define and assess uh, what is healthy, okay? And so I'm going to try to, uh, you know, not do that. Um, there are always kind of some general things to, like, look out for, right? But, uh, you know, healthy, what is healthy and what is not, 
what I've learned uh, as a weightlifter, fitness advocate, and yeah, someone who's become a very strong fitness advocate in the last couple of years is that, you know, healthy is, you know, kind of defined why there's some general uh, metrics and standards to do that. Uh, it can vary by, based on your age, your body type, and a whole bunch of different other factors. And so we're going to try to, you know, I think we have to be careful about how we define and assess that. And we'll also get into a little bit today about, uh, you know, fat shaming, uh, skinny shaming, and anything in between. Uh, really not the kingdom of God, not how we should treat each other and uh, talk to each other. But one of the things that I wanted to, reasons why I kind of wanted to deal with this is uh, obviously in January, lots of us are going to be starting, uh, you know, gym memberships and fitness plans and diet plans and all that other stuff. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about faith and fitness and particularly, uh, you know, just, you know, this is one of those things where like we can see it on people, right? Because a result of their physical condition. And usually uh, when it comes to fitness, you know, we can see it because of their weight, right? We can see a person's weight and, you know, their height and their ability to move and all of that. And, you know, but if we can move beyond that for a little bit, one of the things that intrigued me as I learned uh, about the body and, and grew in my fitness journey was that uh, you know, when there was a, a, a weight issue or concern, it was always connected uh, to something greater, right? In other words, it wasn't just that, you know, you were overweight. It was that the weight is maybe putting stress on your joints or behind the weight is a, you know, is a, is a, is a heart disease or a, a issue with body uh, or diabetes or something like that. It, it, it has always, you know, as I, I've kind of come deeper into understanding with this, uh, one of the things that 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 stood out and it, and was disappointing was that you know there was always something behind kind of like the the weight issue. In other words, it wasn't just that you had this extra weight or or maybe you didn't have enough weight. There was always a greater health issue or concern connected to it, and that is what has kind of made me. Hey, I think we need to talk about this and put a lens on it. So I want to get into the discussion today with uh, my guest. He's a brother. And friend um, that I've uh, had for a long time in my life. Thankful for him. Uh, his, uh, he is an academic specialist at Michigan State University. He attends the Epicenter of Worship in Lansing, Michigan, and uh, I'm sure he's got a lot more accolades than I can call off here, but I want to welcome my brother Stratton Lee. Stratton, what's going on, man? Hey, Mel, what's good? Thank you for having me on today. Man, I appreciate you being on, and um, Stratton and I got into a I just actually called to just check in with a man see how he was doing a week or so ago and uh he started telling me a little bit about his 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 fitness journey this journey to health and of course that was just kind of like music to my ears and so we chopped it up for an hour and uh and then I got the word that you know we were going to be doing uh the show today and I said man I think this would be a great topic to talk and hear a little bit about your story uh, Stratton and uh, your 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 journey, so to speak, to better health. So, could you tell us a little bit of a uh, little bit about your story and and this journey you've been on and and how long you've been on it? Yeah, so um, I think like many people, right? I've been with the ups and downs over all my life in different ways for different reasons and purposes. But really, in about 2010, I had uh, the opportunity of uh, taking my godson into my home and became an instant single parent 
And through that, I realized I needed to make sure that I was healthy, uh, fit, had the energy to sustain mm-hmm. uh, life and keep up with the then 12, 13-year-old. Um, but really what happened uh, was a few years later, um, you know, just living life every day like everyone else and uh, decided I want to I want to be stronger. I want to be healthier. I want to be able to do more things without breaking a sweat. Um, I want to be happy with what I see in the mirror. And mm. um, I prayed and I said, God, give me the desire to be someone that enjoys the gym, that enjoys eating healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and very soon after that, uh, he started working in in that area for me. Uh, one of my friends invited me to hot yoga, which I thought, you're crazy. <laughs> I'll never do that. But I did that and had a, a great time. And from there, that started me with doing yoga um, uh, once on Sundays um, and then going to the gym twice a week um, for about three months. And at the end of that three months, I had lost like 20 pounds. I felt better. I thought I was living my best life. Mm-hmm. And suddenly um, I started to have joint pain, mm-hmm. um, back pain, uh, intestinal pain, abdominal pain. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand what was going on. What year is um, this again? This was probably about 2013. Okay. And, uh, it just hit me suddenly. It really, uh, I was uh, what I noticed was I was in, I was doing a pose in the yoga class, and something very easy, very familiar to me. I've done the routine multiple times, and my wrist could not support me anymore. Hmm. Um, my elbows were hurting. Um, my knees were stiffening up in the in the moment. And some of the benefit of doing yoga is that you actually become stronger but more uh, limber. Okay. And you have an easy flow of movement. So that started a very long process where for about three years I went to different specialists. Um, I had multiple blood uh, tests taken. Um, I tried different uh, doctor-prescribed diets. Hmm. Um, I had, you know, I went through the prayer lines and did all of that too. Um, because it got to the point where in the morning, um, before I could put my feet on the ground, it felt like I had a million needles in my feet. Wow. Um, that walking through each and every day, I had pain in my knees. Um, when I was driving, it was hard to hold the steering wheel um, to the point where my energy was so low that I would have to sneak and take a nap while I was at work. Wow. Um Uh, When I came home from work, I immediately went to sleep. Um, So my life had drastically changed from this young guy that was keeping up with, um, you know, then 13, 14-year-old, 15, 16, so forth, to a slowdown. And you were how old at the time? I was in my late 20s. I think I was 28 when that started uh, coming together. And you said you were doing yoga, so you were active you were physically active not like football player active but you were but you were active right you were you were yeah doing things started i started being active and um doing what you're you know what 
all health practitioners say you're supposed to do is having at least 30 minutes of some sort of yep. uh, vigorous activity, um, you know, and more. And so I was doing an hour and a half yoga session on Sundays, and then I was in the gym two hours um, twice a week. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just to show the amount of activity I was doing, I dropped 20 pounds in three months. Got it. Didn't change my diet. Didn't do anything like that. It just was falling off. Um, but something triggered in my body um, to the point where after going to specialists and so forth, um, they had, they couldn't identify a, a, a regular diagnosis or a diagnosis. And so they were at the point where they were ready to give up. And they said, well, we'll just call it lupus. Hmm. You know, you don't quite test for lupus. You're not your, your, your numbers. And your blood tests are not saying that you have it, but all of your symptoms do. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what else to do. And Jesus. that was when a wake-up call for me that I needed to do something different um, and look at some other things in my life. So I started exploring, you know, I, I did physical therapy because I said, I don't want to take this medicine that they're talking about because the medicine can cause worse symptoms. <laughs> than what I was having. Mm-hmm. Um, I started looking at changing my diet, um, which was really challenging because at the time I, I loved my food. and mm-hmm. um, But I didn't realize the pattern that I was falling into, that every time I went to the doctor, every time I received some, some guess or uh, what was wrong with me or some diagnosis, that it was driving me to feel bad about myself the question where I was at in life, um, to see myself not as the man that I thought I was, but as what these doctors were saying. Mm-hmm. And um, I was eating. I was filling those hurts, those pains, those voids, those fears with food. Um, and not salad and, you know, kale chips and things <laughs> like that. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. I deserve that piece of cake. I deserve that piece of pie. I deserve that mac and cheese. Mm. Um, I deserve that fried chicken. All those things that I, I felt like I was due because of what I was going through, I was consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, but little did I know it was adding to what I was experiencing. And it was mm. slowly killing me. Wow. So recently, yeah, recently, um, I, I. So we're fast forwarding now. I'm sorry. So we're fast forwarding to to what year? Yeah. Now? Well, I well after that experience, okay. um, I I had started working out again. Okay. I got back in the gym, but I was still navigating with the pain. Um, I was working through some things just in my own mind and spirit. I was praying, mm-hmm. and I was realizing I didn't want to believe what the doctors were saying. I mm-hmm. wanted to believe what God was saying. Mm-hmm. Um. And, of course, it was very hard to hear that, see that, because I had a lot of doctors telling me a lot of different things. Mm. Um, And so uh, uh, time passed, and things just sort of cleared up one day. Mm -hmm. Um, I could walk. I could stand, and my feet didn't hurt. Um, And I hadn't done anything different, really. I mean, I I ate a little bit better. I added a salad in maybe once a week. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was trying to do at least 30 minutes of some sort of activity and it cleared up um, for 
you know, a few years. And then um, about uh, six or six months ago, it all came back. The joint pain, oh, abdominal wow. pain, um, the, the lack of energy, the lack of motivation, the lack of clarity. Um, and to what your, your point was earlier, um, I was looking back. Mm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. my body would swell up. People would say, oh, it looks like you gained 20 pounds. But what I was eating was causing my body to swell. Wow. And then when I would say, well, I'm going to fast, things would slim out. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I started eating again, my body would swell. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, my pastor actually told me about some, uh, something that uh, someone in his family was doing. Mm-hmm. And he said, you need to go check out this nutrition response therapy guy. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and um, I looked it up online. I said, oh, this is some mumbo jumbo stuff. I don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go. And I had a moment where I realized you pay all the doctors. Mm. You pay all for all those pieces of cakes and pies and everything else. Mm-hmm. You you sat and you know cried or you sat and mourned who you thought you were. Why not take a few dollars and try to do something towards bettering your health? That's and that's powerful. Yeah, yeah. And so I launched into it with some doubt, um, and through that process over the past few months, I realized some changes in my own life. Uh, my connection to food, mm-hmm. you know, um, things that people had said over the years um, that made me feel one way or another about myself and how I connected with food. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's challenged me to see um, things differently mm-hmm. uh, in my life and where I'm not, where, where food is not my everything. Mm-hmm. Food is the, the energy and the fuel to help me do everything that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I've made that change, they, you know, they, they provide some supplements um, to help you and your body sort of uh, jumpstart the healing process. Um, they talk to you about your food. Um, they give a lot of grace. At least my the, uh, doctor has given me a lot of grace in this, where each day, each each week that I meet with him, right, we look at um, my food journal, mm-hmm. and he gives me advice and suggestions. And so bread was always my friend. <laughs> I had to have a piece of bread with a meal. Don't we all? Breakfast had to start with bread. Lunch had bread. Dinner had bread. And then bread was so good when I just wanted a snack, I'd toast it, put some butter and jelly on it, mm-hmm. and call it good. Um you know, but he started me with realizing sugars um, were not my friends, um, regardless of what form they came in. So it was white bread, wheat bread, you know, white sugar, brown sugar, honey, um, all of those things were impacting me. And he helped me with, you know, just start today with doing one less thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, I didn't drink soda, so I didn't really have that issue with soda. But it was instead of the dessert that I was craving each and every day, I would try to cut out one in that week. And that led to two. And that led to no dessert. Um, 
the bread, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd have a meal without bread. Mm-hmm. Um, I started adding in. He encouraged me to add things in. So I started adding in one salad, two salads, three salads a week, and, and just increased it. Um, he talked to me about the importance of proteins and good fats. So those olive oils and coconut oils and peanut butters and butter and, you know, all those sorts of things. And he started helping me identify ways that I can add these into my diet um, and my eating, eating patterns for the week. And all of this has been within the last six months. Yeah. And so as you've been implementing those, so what, so if we fast forward to the today, end of 2019, what has been the result for you? Um, as of today, I have come down 14 pounds. Okay. Um, which was not what I entered this for. It wasn't for the weight right. loss, but that was part of what I wanted. Um, so I, I'm down 14 pounds. I was up to 220. Mm-hmm. I'm only 5'9". So that, that was big for my, my stature. Um, uh, the joint pains have, you know, all but ceased. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time I really have a flare-up, if you will, is this, those days where I try to cheat and I, I eat <laughs> some bread <Yeah. laughs> or, want you know, want to eat some... Uh, 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 you know, pie or something like that, yeah. cheesecake. Yeah. Um, you know, but outside of those days, the, the joint pain has decreased. Um, the stomach, uh, so when I had abdominal pain, pain, what was happening was my stomach was bloating. Mm-hmm. So prior to eating, my stomach would be flat. After eating, it would look like I was about eight months pregnant. Mm. Um, so that bloating has drastically decreased. Um, at one point I had so much abdominal pain that, uh, I would almost pass out mm-hmm. because of the amount of pain that was happening in my gut. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I no longer have that, um, energy. There was a time where, like I mentioned earlier, um, I would take a nap during work mm-hmm. and then come home to go to sleep. Um, now I can go, you know, like I like I used to. I can get up in the morning and go through the evening and and not be exhausted. Wow. Um, you know, I can walk up a flight of stairs and not bust out in a complete sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I still sweat. That's all right. It's a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Man. My, my mental clarity has improved. I didn't realize that, you know, in that state, mm-hmm. um, it was almost like being in depression Jesus, and, and anxiety. Um, I, I just, there were just times I just couldn't function mentally. Um, and now my, my mental clarity and mental function has improved. Hmm. Man, I'm big on that. Um, I mean, that's why, you know, today we're talking about uh, stewarding your body well, but your mind is a part of your body. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about holistic wholeness and God wants us to be whole, you know, wholeness includes the mind and includes the body and it includes the spirit. And we don't have to get theologically deep. The connecting factor is, well, they're all connected, right? Exactly. A person consists of all those things. 
And um, do you know you and I? We've been running together in ministry for years. You know, I think a lot. Of, we we see people sometimes that are very spiritual, very deep, all that other stuff. Yeah. But you look at them, and and their health is just not where it 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 needs to be. Right, like you got all these health issues and stuff going on. Um, you know, the weight is a burden to you. All this stuff, um, and and the same with mental and vice versa. And the crazy thing is that um, how do you think the mind works if the body that it is in does not feel good or healthy? Uh, um, I think that the mind makes. Um ways to cope mm-hmm. with an ineffective body. Mm-hmm. But sometimes those coping strategies that the mind develops are not healthy. Yeah. Right. And so um, I've watched the people um, in ministry, at work, so forth, their body is struggling, their body is failing, and they will justify things in their mind. Mm-hmm. So this is just my burden to carry. Yeah. No. <laughs> you can change this. Yeah. There's some things that you have to do and not that it's easy, right? Because as, as I had that fight with myself, it's not easy to get up and get to the gym when you're down and out. Um, your mind will tell you different things and mm-hmm. your mind will, will, will create voids. Your mind will uh, forget things that are pertinent and valuable to you and to your progress when your body's not right. Um, you know, your mind will allow you to neglect certain things in life that are meaningful to you when your body's not right. That's, um, man, that's, that's, that's rich. And I would agree. And I think along with the mind, you know, youth too, I, I think we fall victim to youth because, you know, Hey, we can burn it off. We can, whatever, I'm young, that kind of thing. And, you know, I have learned over this, my own fitness journey that do uh, a body is a lot like a car. You know, there's good miles and there's bad way miles, right? There's oh, topside yeah. road miles and then there's freeway miles. Yeah. And there is a difference. And obviously topside road miles are difficult because you got all the stop and go, putting the stress on the system, you know, the bumps and everything, whereas freeway miles are kind of just, you know, smooth, chill. But, you know, you can get away with it in your 20s, 30s, maybe some of your 40s. But, dude, at 50, you know, that check engine lights start coming on. And then at 60, you know, and it just goes from there. Or, like, you know, somebody was telling me, um, you know, we were on Twitter kind of having some fun with Thanksgiving. And they were like, dude, you know, a lot of people are trying to watch their weight around Thanksgiving and, you know, end up putting on five ten pounds but think about it if you put on 10 pounds in thanksgiving and you never got it off and then next year you put on another 10 pounds dude that's in two years you put on 20 pounds and never lost it so it's a big deal and and i want to kind of i want to segue into so kind of this idea of you know so we're talking about this and and kind of what's the point so in your perspective your view why is stewarding our body um and our health uh, important to our faith. You've talked a little bit about some of the challenges you face and, uh, 
and I and, and I like to come back and revisit kind of so what are you facing now and how are you working through that but you talked about some of the challenges you faced you talked about the wake up call being lupus and and the pain in your body and how you didn't realize that um you know what you were eating was hurting you man that's powerful right. what you were eating was hurt, important, hurting you and so but you did kind of start talking about it with the mind and how the mind will kind of tell you and sway you in these certain directions and things. And so, you know, a lot of times this, we compartmentalize faith and physical health. And, you know, so getting to that second, why do you think stewarding our health and our body is important uh, to our faith, obviously beyond because God says so? Uh, why, right. why do you think that's important to our faith? I, I think it's important to our faith because I believe we all have a purpose. We don't have a purpose and mission in life, whether that's simply to live each day to the best of your ability or it's to invest in uh, the children that God has given into your care um, mm-hmm. or to take care of the uh, next generation that is um, at the point where they take some additional assistance. Whatever it is that God's called, if you're in business or whatever, is, is your body is the vehicle that gets you there. Wow. Um, and it's, if that vehicle, to your example, is is uh, uh, ineffective, mm-hmm. um, it's not working well or at its best or top quality, right? Then it forces you to have to do things differently, and it and oftentimes it ca- it makes our our mind and our spirit call into question certain things about our faith. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I have peers that because of some of their health issues, they missed opportunities to travel abroad. for what they felt like God was calling them to do. Mm -hmm. And so that impacted their faith, that impacted who they saw themselves to be, because they could no longer physically move to be in the spaces that they wanted and felt like they were uh, led to be in, because their bodies were weak, or ill, or, or defective. And you said something that I thought was very powerful, and I want to underscore that you talked about how your body is the vehicle for you to accomplish your purpose in the earth. Yeah. And we all have that. Even if you don't believe in God, you, you've, you got a purpose, you got a function for being here. And if your body's broke down, you're not going to be able to fulfill that. And if you don't take care of your body now, you're probably going to be feeling that very soon and certainly later in life. And so you don't, in discipleship, what we call finish well. And so, but you said this, which is kind of a precursor to that. You said food is, you, you said you changed, before you, you you looked at food as a pleasure. Um, and, and sometimes it is. Again, we said earlier in the opening that there's nothing wrong with enjoying good things that God has put here and created. It's letting them control you. But you said, you know, food, you've changed your perspective. Food helps you is is there to help fuel you to what you need to do. I thought that was powerful, man, how your perspective, you start looking at food as just this thing to be enjoyed, and you started looking at it as, this helps me do what I need to do. Exactly. And and oftentimes the messages that I receive, I don't know about other people, but I receive, mm-hmm. right, is, is, is food is comfortable, food is pleasure, food brings joy. You know, you do family things around food. 
When you want to hang out with your friends, it involves food. And all of that is to be enjoyed and so forth. But oftentimes, in my experience, only, you know, I can only speak for me, is I took that enjoyment beyond what it was meant for. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And food became joy Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And so when I ate, I felt joy. When I ate, I felt happy. When I ate. And so that became the bigger thing. Um, And so every time I felt down and out, I had to eat to feel joy. Wow. And that's what we talked about earlier about putting things in God's place. Yeah. So that's what we were talking about earlier. So in this case, and we all can relate to this at some level, um, you know, instead of, you know, he is, the Bible says God is our joy. He is our joy and our strength. But instead of going to him to let him be your joy, you turn to the cheesecake, right, or the ice cream or the fried chicken wings or whatever. So you, right. what sh- God should be filling, this, in this case, food is filling it. And, it's, you know, for some people it's alcohol, others it's sex or whatever, or maybe it's all of them. But that's what we're talking about here. So you're saying that, you know, you were turning to this food to, to, to fill that, that void, and, and one of the things I never realized that until recently, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because I was busy thanking God for the food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thank God for this cheesecake. The fact that Sister Sunday Sunday can make such a great cheesecake, you yeah. know. But, um, and again, there's nothing, right? It's just it's this fine line, right? And so how you hear this, there, you know, there are some things that are not bad for you, of course. But the overindulgence of it becomes that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I had to wake up to the fact that um, I'm not eating in the way that my body is getting the most benefit from, which means I can't even glorify God the best way I, I want to and know how to. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody called me to go somewhere to be present with them when they were going through um, a challenge, or they were celebrating a success. Yeah. I I had to find a reason to get out of it because I just didn't have the energy to be around people, to entertain, to talk, to, to be present, right? And then my mind would say, well, remember, you got this issue. And then try to convince me, right, you're less than who you once were. Wow. And so I had to challenge myself and... You know, thankfully, I had great people around me that, you know, saw and see the struggle and, mm-hmm. and provide a helping hand, an encouraging word, um, and are there with me along the way to say, this isn't like you. Mm-hmm. Let's find, you know, let's get some help. Let's do something different. And in that, right, I can now show up. I can show up for people that I care for. I can show up for things that I enjoy. I can show up. Um, in spaces that I want to and need to be in. Amen. Man, that's that's rich. And and, and I think that is kind of what we want to capture today. Again, man, there's, there's so much to unpack there. And like I said, we will continue this at a future date uh, because, um, you know, man, there's so many things I want to dig into there about, you know, how it's just this kind of ripple effect, right, but the, the, the main takeaway I think we I, I want to leave you guys here with today is that, you know, when we talk about health and fitness, it's bigger than just being, 
you know, a certain size. It is connected to so many other things. And um, in your health, and your health enables you to do or not to do. That's kind of the, 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 the major takeaway here is that if you're not healthy, you are going to be limited. Your ministry, your work, your performance in general. And so um, I want to take a break to uh, talk about a couple of sponsors. And then right after that, I want to give you guys at least a couple of uh, just life lessons, practical tips uh, to just wrap us up here today. But first sponsor I want to share with you guys is, of course, um, as some of you may know, uh, God Begotten is a uh, faith apparel brand that myself and my friend uh, Clarissa Foster launched last year. We just celebrated one year. And uh, God Begotten is a faith apparel brand that exists simply to declare who God is. So God be Godden. That is uh, with an apostrophe at the end. And it is some uh, slang. In other words, God is who he is all the time. Uh, that that no, there are no coincidences. It's just him. He's doing him. He's doing what he's always done. And so we just launched a brand new shirt called God is God 24-7, 365 Infinity which means and stands for forever, eternity past, eternity present, eternity future. So I want you to check out uh, GodBegotten.com. That's G-O-D-B-E-G-O-D-D-I-N, GodBegotten.com, and get you some faith apparel. We have uh, shirts, um, no socks or pants or anything like that yet, but we got shirts, hats, uh, hoodies, and uh, all kinds of accessories and things. So maybe it's a stocking stuffer. Christmas is here in a couple of weeks. So check out GodBegotten.com to uh, get some faith gear. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Uh, all the people that, and I'm not just saying this because it's my brand, but you know the people that have been wearing this, uh, they love it because of the message. And they love it because it's good gear. It's good gear. Premium T-shirts, all the whole nine. The design is kicking it. So it's definitely a great conversation starter, too. Uh, so that is uh, God Begotten. You can check that out. And then our second sponsor uh, that we want to make mention of today is, of course, Restoration to Eternity Ministries, which sponsors or hosts or produces the word restores, Restoration to Eternity Ministries. So the Word Restores program that comes to you every Sunday at 4 p.m. is an outreach and radio and internet ministry uh, brought to you uh, by Restoration to Eternity Ministries, headed by Elder Anne-Marie Jua here in Detroit. Uh, and the purpose of the Word Restores and Restoration to Eternity Ministries is to share what the Word of God is telling us about the times and how we live as victorious Christians. So if you enjoy this broadcast every week with uh, Elder Anne-Marie Jua, uh, please consider supporting The Word Restores, supporting The Word Restores. This year, you know, it is uh, end of year, uh, and so this is a good opportunity. A lot of people are thinking about making a gift, a donation, a contribution. So please consider The Word Restores, making a contribution to The Word Restores this year. It is tax deductible, so uh, The Word Restores is a uh, sanctioned registered nonprofit 501c3 and so any donation that you make to the word restores is tax deductible and you can find out more and make a donation at the word restores.org that's the word restores t-h-e-w-o-r-d-r-s 
R-E-S-T-O-R-E-S, the word restores.org. And you can make a tax-deductible contribution there uh, for the ministry and the work of Elder Anne-Marie Jewel, so who will be back in January. So we appreciate her, and we appreciate you for listening. And so uh, we got about 13 minutes back on the call. My guest today is uh, a friend, brother, good friend, Stratton Lee academic specialist at WSU, uh, not WSU, I'm at WSU, uh, MSU, and uh, Michigan State University, and uh, we're just talking about faith, uh, faith and fitness, how to steward your body well, and so um, he's been very generous sharing his story today, and uh, so much richness came out of that. Make sure you guys check out the podcast, that this will go on uh, sometime this week. And uh, we want to kind of wrap it up here with what, what are some life lessons and practical tips that uh, to stewarding your body well. So Stratton's been sharing about his just this journey to better health, how it started with a health scare with lupus, how it went from him realizing that food was not just a pleasure, but it was a fuel to do what he needed to do and how he realized that uh, what was hurting, he was eating what was hurting him. And so one of the tips you gave here, and I'm glad that you mentioned that, man, you were not spend, you were not, um, you, you, you decided that it was worth the investment to spend the money to get better. I love to unpack that um, at another time. But one of the practical tips you gave here, and you can expound upon this and give us a couple more, that uh, is you said you started with one less thing one less thing and I love that and by the way I've, I've done the similar in, in my weightlifting and, and nutrition journey you said you started with one thing and I think uh, man that's powerful because I know I, I think with a lot of these resolutions uh, be it new year or otherwise I think we start too strong and we don't have the habits to sustain what we start on so uh, okay well I'm going I'm just going to eat, you know, lettuce, like, for all this week. and But you're used to eating meat all day and bread and all this other stuff. And so, like, that's a big cliff, like, to, you know. And so I think that's one of the reasons or one of the ways we set ourselves up for failure because we try to do too much too soon, too quick, and then it's just not sustainable. We're overwhelmed and we go back. And so that's one thing you said, uh, one less thing. Start with one less thing. Tell us a little bit more about that and maybe some other life lessons and, and practical tips to steward our body well. All right. Yeah, one last thing for me was um, I am not the type of person that when there's a new thing I need to do, I can just jump in and give everything up. And so I wanted to start where I could be faithful. And so I looked out with the help of uh, my nutritionist and identified where were some of my issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked about sweets. And so um, I made the commitment to myself that I would just, you know, at least in this week, I would eat one less sweet than what I had previously wanted to do. And so whether it was at dinner or at lunch or whatever, I just tried with just doing one less thing. Um, and as, as you do that, you start to build the capacity to realize um, that you are stronger than what once held you Mm. and so um i realized the desserts wasn't a a necessity and so i started with that and then i started to do one new thing right which was 
oh, let me add in a salad. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the nutritionist keeps talking about these green leafy things. Yep. Let me just add in a salad. And not a salad, which I love some French. Not a salad dipped in French. Right, it's you French take all the benefits out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was uh, olive oil and some balsamic vinegar. So you basically started small. I started small. I had to develop the palate. It's a cr- cliche, but it's true. Right. You have to de- develop the palate uh, for yeah. in the lifestyle. And so I started with that, and I would go in, and, you know, the nutritionist say, well, how was last week? And I'd show the report, and he'd say, oh, you added in a salad. And um, he'd celebrate that, and he said, well, let's try it for two salads. Mm-hmm. And so we just worked. You know, I worked my way up, and then I got to a point where I said, oh, this is child's play. Let me just cut these desserts let's out. Go, let's go deep, yeah. Salad, right? But I was still eating the other thing. Um, so, uh, and eventually over time, I worked into some other stuff. You know, so for me, a life lesson is really start with where you're at. You know yourself best, um, but you also know how to psych yourself out. So do what you know you need to do just one step at a time um, with what's uh, something that you can celebrate and be excited about. Um, don't don't be moved by what other people are saying um, because I would have peers around me that, oh, you know, you're just being, you know, um, a baby. Just go ahead and just cut all that out. Mm. And I had to say, no, I know my, I know my psychology, right? I know yeah. my mind. I know my spirit and I know my body. And if I did that, I would do it for two weeks and then I'd rush back to get some uh, apple crisp cheesecake. And so part of this is what you just said, too. You said it without saying it is you got to be honest with yourself about where you are and what needs to be done. It leads me to another tip that I was um, that I've practiced and applied in my own life, which is you have to set your habits up for a win. You have to set your habits up, new habits, mind you, for a win. In other words, support your habits. In other words, like for me, practically, that looks like, well, hey, you cannot eat what you don't buy, right? Or if you only buy um, healthy or bread, like that's all you can can eat, right? Or, for example, uh, for me, to increase my gym days at the time, I picked a route going home that I had to pass the gym. I kept my workout gear in the car. So I had to pass the gym to get home. That made me go more. I had the gym gear in the car, so I didn't have to go back home. You know, so I implemented things to support the habits that I wanted to create to help make me successful, similar to this stuff that you're doing, uh, because I had to be honest. Like, for example, we just tell my honesty, your, your story was pointing out how I knew, for example, hey, if I went home, I still probably, um, that the chances of me going back out again to go to the gym are slim and none. And I just had to be honest, like, hey, okay. you know you, you know what you're prone to. And so, um, so that's good. Give us one more, man, and then I want to... Uh, we're wrapping up at five, but I want to talk with, uh, want you to just drop anything you're, pr- you're doing um, that we can follow you at and, and support. Uh, give us one more life lesson or, or tip that you think we could use to steward our body well. I mean, one of the things I think is important for people of today is really the physical activity. Mm-hmm. 
I used to laugh when people would say, you know, oh, I was at home and I just started with clapping. Cl- like, and I was like, church clap. you know, just clapping their arms, clapping their hands. Oh, and I was like, okay. what's going on with you? You need to get in the church. Right? But it, the lesson is start with what you can do and, to your point, be successful to get the activity and movement in your life. Yeah. Right? There are some people, I didn't realize it until I couldn't move um, the way I wanted to and needed to, that clapping mm-hmm. could be the only thing you could do. Mm-hmm. You know, or bending to pick something up stand up and then put it back down and do that a few times. Whatever it is that your body's capable of doing, start with some sort of activity or movement Mm -hmm. um, and build up. For me, I started in the gym on the elliptical for 30 minutes. I sweat like a pig for 30 minutes. (laughs) But over the week, I would start to do 35, then 40, then 45. And then I built myself up over a few months to an hour. And so I knew my body. So start with something simple. Stratton, tell us, um, man, that's so rich, and I appreciate it. You know, tell us, do how people listening can keep up with you uh, and w- what you're doing that we can support um, in terms of, you know, your involvement. And, you know, I, I know you got a few things going, but where can we keep up with you, and, and what are you doing that people can support? Um, well, I'm on Facebook um, under Stratton Lee, and um, – Instagram with Fed F E D Perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fed Perfection, um, and really my work right now consists of a lot of work at the university with helping students of color um, navigate the university successfully, okay. uh, so that they can complete their degree um, and make an impact in their communities, specifically their home, mm-hmm. because a number of people are coming um, with the desire and need to make an impact for their for their family, mm-hmm. their loved ones, in the way that they want to. Um, through the church and the ministry, uh, doing a lot of work with our teens. Um, a number of our teens are just, you know, living life, and they have some, some, some of them have good support systems, and others are, are challenged in that area. And so I'm just doing a lot of work to be there, be present, to show up for our team. Amen. Amen. Man, listen, I appreciate you coming on. Um, My guest is friend and brother today, Stratton Lee. Uh, You can look him up on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to support the work that he is doing um, in his community there at the Epicenter of Worship, you can Google them, Epicenter of Worship, go to epworship.com and support the work that Stratton is doing there. So we're getting ready to wrap up, man. I, I, Man, I got notes and stuff here, dude. There's so much I wanted to get into today, but we will continue this, I promise, via co- podcast or radio show. So, brother, thank you so much for coming on. And um, next week, next week, uh, man, next week, Elder Anne-Marie Jewel will be back in January. And uh, next week, my uh, our guest host will be uh, Pastor Pastor Michael. Pastor Michael will be with us next week uh, to host on The Word Restores, and uh, we're going to team up here uh, certainly soon. Pastor Michael Evans. Pastor Michael Evans will be here with us next week. So thank you all so much for joining us on The Word Restores. Uh, like I said, you can check us out on Google or iTunes. And uh, Stratton, man, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me so much. We sincerely thank our supporters for sponsoring this broadcast. 
and pray that you too will be moved to become a sponsor. Let us reach out to continue to spread the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the airwaves. To contact us, simply log on to our website, thewordrestores.org, or through Facebook, Anne Marie Jewel. Or call, send us a text to area code 313 I'm your host, Elder Anne Marie Jewel, a fellow servant in Christ. Until next time, may God bless and keep you. And may the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Amen.